Uh, hey everyone, today we have a very special guest named Nellie Junipero. You may ne- may recognize that name. Nellie's been very involved in the Branton community through something called the Circle of Hope. What you may not know is the backstory to that, and we're going to dive deep into that today. Nellie had her own experience of cancer, and out of that led to an incredible event called the Circle of Hope that has blessed many, many, many hundreds of people in our city and beyond. Nellie is a dynamo. She's a good friend. She is a beautiful person. I know you are going to absolutely love her. Friends, let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on the Good News Podcast today. We have a very, very special individual. This is a a good friend of mine, someone whose story I know you're going to be both blessed by and inspired by. This is Nellie Junipero. Um, Nellie, thanks so much for joining us on the Good News Podcast today. And uh, as I said in the introduction, um, you have been a blessing to this community for many years, but we want to kind of drill down into the story and how that came to be. And really, that, that starts... With, with a very challenging time in your life when you experienced your own journey around cancer. So let's start there today. What, what, was, what was that like for you? Tell us about your cancer journey um, and, and how you, you moved through that experience. Sure. First, I want to say thank you so much for you know, having me here. Just such an honor to be part of your podcast. So thank you so much. Um, so I was diagnosed in 2002 with thyroid cancer. Um, I guess I I had two daughters that was three years old, uh, Brittany, and 18 months was Corinne. And um, it actually started with a cough that I had. And of course, people get colds in the wintertime. So a cough was not a big deal at the time, except my cough just got progressively worse. Literally, uh, I couldn't sleep for about two weeks. And then I discovered a lump on the side of my neck, which kind of got me worried. But uh, when we did the biopsy at the time, I, um, it came back benign, and the doctor reassured me that it was nothing to worry about, but I would have to have surgery for it. So I continued my work. I went on. I had my Christmas with my family that year. And um, I guess the following year was January 2002. My life kind of changed when I had my first surgery at the time to remove, I guess, the side of my neck, the, the lump that grew there. Mm. And when I went to see that doctor, just for my follow-up, it was like a shock of my life because I think he was shocked just as much as mm. telling me that it wasn't what we thought it was. So that right. was, I wasn't expecting it because we were just so sure it was just going to be surgery to remove this lump. So I think my life just like literally just changed. Like everybody who goes through that, you know, like you know, you know exactly where you were, how yeah. you felt. I had my two young children at the time. And it was just a shock to go through it. And um, um, yeah, and anyways, to make a long story short, I um, I guess I went through two surgeries, three rounds of radioactive iodine treatments. Actually, sorry, two. The third one was actually clear. It took me three years to get better and to be clear. And I had lots of support um, from my friends and family. And it was the grace of God that got me through it. Mm, wow, wow. You know, it's one thing, you know, Nelly, to to look back, eh, and here you are. But I, I, I'm I'm trying to imagine what that must have been like for you as a young mother. Um, you know, yeah. Like, talk a bit about that, like that that experience of even for your even for your kids, and how how did this you know impact them? What was this like for for your home? I, I, it just yeah, I can't imagine 
life is tough enough, like raising young children and making life work, but then to add this incredible, difficult journey that, that you, you experienced. Uh, at the time, it was really scary because yeah. um, they were so young, like they don't even have, would have many memories of me. And my biggest fear was I wasn't going to be around to raise them. That was my mm. biggest fear. Um, the unknown. I didn't know anybody who had even thyroid cancer. It was the first I even heard of thyroid cancer. Mm. Um, so I really, really longed to, I knew I had support from my friends and family, but what I needed support was to know someone who had thyroid cancer that could give me hope. I didn't have that. That was really, really a struggle for me um, because, you know, you need to be a support group and to be around someone who understands what you're going through. And, and unfortunately, I didn't have that support mm. um, at that time. I mean, I had my my prayer group, my friends and family, but and for my kids, it was really hard. I just prayed and prayed that God would give me time. Mm. That was my biggest, um, my biggest request for God was give me time so my kids would know me and, um, and I could raise them. And um, at the time too, I remember my husband lost his job mm. uh, as things couldn't get any worse because wow. I was self, I was self-employed. So I had to, I had to take time off and then Rob lost his job or let, was let go. And he was so positive at the time. He was like, okay it's meant to be god knows what we are doing uh, what he's doing it was meant to be so i could be home and help the family out because um i was lots, i was away from them doing treatments and it was very challenging for us we're in the sense that we had to depend on others we depend on others to take care of the kids while i had appointments and isolation and doing my treatments um i couldn't be around them that was really hard because they were so young at the time so I had to depend on a lot of people. <laughs> like I would have one person watch one daughter, another person watch another daughter and mm. rotate. So that was a bit challenging for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So what, what are your daughters? Um, like how did it impact them? What, what, I mean, they were pretty young. Do, do they remember, um, you know, what, what was happening then? Yeah. What, what's some of their reflections as, as you've, you know, uh, they've grown as, as you, your years, mm-hmm. years gone by now. Mm-hmm. So when they were very young, I don't think they remember too much. Um, I remember when they were really young, when I couldn't be around them and they would always ask for me. Like yeah. I wasn't around a lot because the kind of treatments I did, I had to be physically away from them. I couldn't be home um, just to keep them safe. But as they got older, they witnessed me um, part of my circle of hope. But even like Relay for Life, I mean, we did a lot of... Uh, Relay for Life, Brittany actually spoke at one of the events. She was asked to speak. I think she was like maybe 10 years old at the time. So, you know, she was part of doing my cancer walks. And so they've grown up with seeing me um, be a big advocate for, you know, for the cancer, giving hope to others. So I'm really proud of them. They've been, they're very strong and they've been part of my journey. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm not surprised that they're strong, Nelly, because the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And and I got to say that the day we're recording this is is uh, it's um it's certainly a day where we remember uh, the the influence of women in our in our lives. And uh, and so International Women's Day today, and uh, I just want to honor that and you and your daughters and many um, amazing women like yourself. I'm just I'm so inspired and, and grateful for. For, for that and, and for, for you, Nellie, yeah, absolutely. We're going to talk about the Circle of Hope because it's it just something that got initiated that was uh, incredible, the way God blessed and worked through that. 
But but before we do that, maybe in your own life personally, as, as you as you were living through these dark, challenging, overwhelming, I might even add days, where were you finding hope as you think back? Where where were the places of hope for you? You certainly mentioned God and prayer and your faith and 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 that's yeah, absolutely understand that. What a, what a huge um, place way for you to find hope. In addition to that, where else were you finding hope along the way? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I'll- when I think of a place of hope, I remember um, the very first time I was diagnosed, um, Dr. Alvin Kelly, a lot mm. of uh, people may know him. He's been very um, well-known in the community, but he was also, I'm also very lucky. He was my family physician since I was born. Like my wow. parents my parents were, um, when they immigrated here, um, Dr. Kelly was brand new as a family physician. And my parents were one of the very few patients he had. That's how long ago we have have um, have known each other, even with my wedding. And so he was a really um, a good friend to me too. So when he heard um, when he heard the news that I had my my hand my diagnosis, um, I remember his office calling me to come in the next day on his day off to talk to me. And because he wasn't the first doctor who told me about obviously my results. It, so it was, you know, like the next day or something. And he um, came in and it was very personal. And Dr. Alvin Kelly is very spiritual. Mm. And I remember what he said to me, and this is what gave me hope. I really needed it. And he looked at me in the eyes and he said, where there is faith, where there's faith, there is no fear. Mm. And he looked at me. And he gave me this big hug and he hugged my husband because my husband also needed this hope. Mm. And I remember the three of us just like hugging each other. And I just felt like, okay, I got this. But mm. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't go through this alone without God. And and Alvin Kelly gave me that that quote. And that has been with me even till today. Like mm. um, since 2002, I still remember that quote. Where there's faith, there is no fear. And I tell other people this, when people are going through any hard time or they're, they have a diagnosis, I remind them that quote, and I hope it helps them as much as it helps me. But that mm. was my first place of hope that I had. Mm. Amazing. Um, wow. And and um, to be blessed with a doctor who was a person of faith, I, and with you being a person yeah. of faith, I, I can't imagine that phrase, where, where, where there is faith, there is no fear. Um, talk a bit about how that worked itself into your life, into your mind, into your heart. You know, what were what were some of the scenarios, you know, if we could kind of delve into that a little bit, where those words were really important for you, where you needed to remember where there is faith, there is no fear. Because you mentioned earlier just about the reality of being afraid, being afraid you weren't going to be around for your daughters, being afraid of, you know, there'd be so much uh, yeah, fear potentially. Yeah, where did that phrase from Alvin Kelly, Dr. Alvin Kelly, where did that come to fruition in the sense of, wow, there were moments where you need to hold on to that along the way? So in the very beginning, um, before I started, because I had to see many doctors, because my, um, I guess mine was kind of a rare case. I had to, I had to see one ENT to, to another ENT. And it was very scary because it's like a roller coaster ride. Am I going to be okay? Am I not going to be okay? And I can tell you, and anybody who's gone through this journey can tell you when you close your eyes at nighttime, you don't sleep. 
not when you feel there's no hope. And when you feel there's no hope, you know, you're afraid of the future. And it's that's when you really need to ask God for guidance and and ask him to have you have to have faith in and someone help you go through this. Actually, there's 300, and I was looking at the Bible, and I think there's 365 times it mentions that about the about the yeah, do not be afraid. Yeah, yeah. Different quotes, different quotes. Because I was trying to find the exact quote that Dr. Kelly mentioned to me, and I couldn't find it. I actually almost text you, but there's it mentions like different different quotes, like 365 quotes and it's exactly 365 days in a year <laughs> that's great so i was like trying to like think of that but um i remember the one day i mean i couldn't sleep i had to used to watch comedy at distractions i used to watch <laughs> comedy so i would watch, i would stay up late and watch and watch comedy to get my mind off it and i remember Brittany crying this is really um could be a coincidence but she was crying and in the middle of the night when i couldn't sleep this was like the very beginning when I when I was very very scared, and I woke. Brittany woke up. Oh, she was crying, and she said to me, "Mom, it's going to be okay." And I remember thinking, oh, "Is God using her to talk talk to me?" But that was also a sign that maybe I needed reassurance. There was many many little um, things I saw on the way that to say that I'm going to go. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. And later on, I really feel that God used me. I really feel it. Mm. It was definitely a, a mm. calling afterwards. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, that's that's incredible to me, the way that um, the, the role of hope and faith were so important for you, like right right at the very beginning, and it just continued. And then, as you said, you, you had a sense that God was going to, to, to use you to do something through you. Um, maybe that's a good time to transition here. To, to to what led to the circle of hope and and um yeah Nelly tell us a bit about that very special event that you were led to put on but also like the process on how did God lead you to do that um such a major initiative and and what was the circle of hope for those that may not know mm-hmm. so um I had I had no intention of starting any group to be honest there was no intention I didn't know how God was going to use me. All I know is that I was really, really looking for support, support to help my journey. I wanted um, Wellspring Chincuzi, which people may know as a community uh, cancer um, a group organizations in Brampton now. Mm-hmm. And there was no such thing like that. And, and some people don't even know that even exists, which is actually mm-hmm. unfortunate. But at the time, I just really, really wanted to know someone who was um, going through hope can help me through my cancer journey and because when you go through this you don't want to burden your family you don't want to show them how fear you are you're expected to be strong for them unfortunately but sometimes you need to talk and have an outlet for other people where you can show your true feelings um so then i actually by coincidence um i had a a a client of mine i do aesthetics Uh, i've been doing aesthetics for like almost 30 years, but back then, probably let's say another 20 years back then. And I had a client. So here, no one knows anybody with thyroid cancer. And all of a sudden, I have a client, the same age as me, is going through the same journey as me. Wow. Almost exactly. It was like, it was like, what? So we're both supporting each other at the same time. We had different doctors, different hospitals. So she may have had her surgery before me, but I had my treatment before her. 
So we're kind of supporting each other. That's how, that's number one. And the number two, maybe a year later, give or take, another client of mine who mm. was a lot younger than me. She was in her 20s, like maybe 21. Wow. And she was so scared. Imagine, I mean, I was like 32. This girl's like 20, 21, like, like early 20s. And she just got diagnosed. And it was like, okay, I just found myself supporting her. Mm. And that's what started. It was like, okay. And then I, we started going out, the three of us, like for coffee, just supporting one another. And then I started to, I would have somebody else say to me, um, I know somebody else who has cancer. Can you talk to them? They're like, sure. And I just felt like I wasn't asking to be an instrument or help people, but I found myself being recognized that I had cancer and I was being led to help others. Mm. So I was a few people like that. And then all of a sudden it became to like three, five people. And then eventually I said, let's get, let's get a restaurant. I said, and I remember this. So I got a restaurant it used to be called uh, TJ Chicago's on Fisherman drive. It used yeah. to be there. And I remember organizing, I think it was 20 of us. And I bought gifts for everybody. I bought gifts for everybody in my own pocket because I wanted everybody to go home and feel good. Mm. I didn't want people to, to, to feel like sad. I just mm. felt like it was my duty to make them have hope. I don't mm. know. Everyone likes gifts. So I bought a journal for them or something. It was a little goodie bag, something small. That's and amazing. they all went home with this little thing. As I got bigger, I decided to do this yearly. And then I decided to go to the Brampton Guardian. <laughs> to advertise to see if more people were also looking for support. And when we got the outcome, I went, oh my gosh, I need help. I need friends to help me do this. And that's what happened. We had like a big outcome that year. And then I think the year after, I think we went to Century Gardens. No, actually, I think we went somewhere else. It took a few times before we went to Century Gardens. And um, I knew like it was a big, like it was a big uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a big need for yeah. to help other people. And then I actually, I outreached, um, I had supporters come, caregivers come. And the reason why I expanded for other people to come, because I realized cancer didn't just affect mm. the people who are just with cancer or their recovery. It affects the family. And mm. some people didn't want to come to my event to my group without their loved ones. That's when I realized I have to expand it to others. It's not just to the individual. Because mm. I remember this one young gentleman, like when we were like really early on, he wouldn't come unless his family came. Mm. And that's why it wasn't just for the individuals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I love the way Nelly that it, it just started so simply. I just, just yeah. loving and caring for people who you happen to interact with, who also were experiencing something similar to what you were experiencing and the way God just naturally evolved and grew it to what it, what it became. Um, want to, want to talk, you know, about the magnitude of it, because really like it, it did, it became a, a signature event in Brampton. Like it really, it really did around helping people find hope who are struggling with cancer. But before that, I, I think what you just said was really, really um, important not to miss. Um, and that, that is that cancer doesn't just affect the person with the cancer. Um, can we talk a bit about that? Even in your own in your own life and experience, how did your cancer impact? We talked about your daughters, but how did it impact your husband? How did it impact your 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 other family and and friends? Because I think you're right. Like it, it is. It's it's more than just the person who has the cancer who's impacted by it. 
That's a very good question, actually. Um, I think everyone tries to be um, very strong. Yeah. Or it's like no one talks about it. It's like, okay, you know, everyone's just strong and everything. My husband just let me do this. He saw me get big. It happened so fast. I remember um, when I was doing my events, he was like shocked and my kids got involved. It was like, it was, it became a family help. I got, I got my husband involved by taking pictures. My kids were involved. We had to look for sponsors and donations and gifts. I got them involved. Um, or they would, they would even talk to their friends about it. Um, my, my family and my sister, everyone, the whole family was involved. They all came. Like They all supported me. My mother, unfortunately, passed away. And she came to every, every event all the time. It was so proud of me. Every time she, I was in the newspaper, she used to, like, clip, you know, like, cut the little clippings <laughs> and everything. And she was just That's so great. proud. She was just so proud that I was helping others. Yeah. She was just, it was yeah, it was help. My friends, too. I would say all my friends, my dear friends, were on my committee. I, I couldn't have done it without them. They, they just, and they let me lead. They just, just helped me out. They just, my ideas, I, I'm so blessed. Like they really, really were amazing support. The Relay for Life, we had Circle of Hope, or, you know, we had three or four teams mm-hmm. for Relay for Life. I remember you doing it too back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and so we were, we, we were constantly, constantly doing things for cancer. It was Circle of Hope, Relay for Life. And they were involved. And I think it impacted them because it could have been them. They just mm-hmm. saw their friend go through this. But it could be anybody. It could be. And mm-hmm. nowadays, you have someone knows someone in a family. I, 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 we have friends, you know, one of their parents had cancer recovery or an aunt or someone. So it affects everybody. In fact, it, my committee was affected by it like, mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Um, as, as the a Circle of Hope grew and and um you know i i think you would you would echo this um nelly for me for us it's never about numbers um for you know pride or it's not about that at all but really like like as you've named it's a huge need and and people don't know where to go for for hope especially when they have cancer or their loved one has cancer and every person you know every number is a person every person is a life that you want to bring hope to so um, what, what was it? Cause I remember it got really big very quickly. As you said, I know when you first yeah. invited me, I've, I've shared this story with you many times. I was shocked. I was circle of hope. I was picturing this little circle in this small room that I was going to come in and just offer a, a, a little prayer for, and that would be great, but that was fine. But I walked into this banquet hall where there's hundreds and hundreds of people and this energy and this life. And I remember every time that I was privileged to be there now, I just, feeling um, inspired, feeling the presence of God um, healing in, in a way that was so powerful. Um, so yeah, a little bit on on how it grew, the size it became as far as even numbers, recognizing every number is a person in a life that we and God care about. But also what what's what's been the impact of, of that as you as you look back and even the legacy um, that continues because of what God led you and, and your friends and family to do together? Um, I think I remember on our 10th year anniversary, we had 500 people. That was huge for us. Um, we had to find a bigger venue because we were constantly at Century Gardens. And we either were going to stay at that number, like at 200, I think it was. I think our, our numbers were 200. And 
we said we need to find a bigger venue. And we ch- that was a challenge for us, finding a bigger venue that we could grow with to help more people. And so we almost gave up, but we found someone who donated like her money as well to help us keep our our costs low for the so we could continue this event because basically it was so minimal our payment like our our fee was so minimal just to cover the cost of the food for the yeah. west because including lunch um as well it was a, a afternoon it was a sunday afternoon we had it. it wasn't an evening it was two or three hours in the west and um we made it possible and um and i remember like having our singers there like we had a bit of everything we had you in there and you were always, I mean, we started, I think in the 200 or maybe less, we started with you and you saw us grow, yeah. um, but we had a moment of silence for those who passed away as mm-hmm. well. That was important to me as well, because unfortunately that did happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, that was really, really hard on us, but we always had a moment of silence. They were always with us in spirit. Um, we had singers. We tried to make it lively as well. We had nice luncheon. It was an opportunity to meet people. That wasn't the whole purpose of it. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose was to give everybody hope to, mm-hmm. that they wouldn't be alone. And I couldn't believe the amount of people that, you know, really, really were so thankful to be there. They looked forward to it. Every year they would mm-hmm. email us and they knew the date. We had people from uh, Barrie that came. I think it was like 10 or 15 of them because I met them when I did my treatment. And they continue to come yearly. And our model was be a friend, bring a friend. Mm. So people were bring a friend. I'd encourage it. I encourage someone that if they knew someone who was going through this cancer journey to invite them to come and that we would take care of the rest that day and mm. educate them. And we would have speakers as well. And then at the very end, we had our final circle with all survivors, like doing our break circle and holding hands. Mm-hmm. And I'd be our big group circle. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm, and of mm-hmm. course, um, we had to take a little bit of a break because it was really, really getting hard for my committee. Um, so we actually finished our last circle of hope right before COVID happened. Mm. So it was kind of like, it's like, okay, we, we, you know, we ended it just for a short time, I guess for now. And when God will, when God uses me to do something else. Yeah. See what happens. For now, it's we want to break, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, and that's okay. Yeah, no, and it doesn't take away the power and impact of those uh-huh. who have been a part of that. They, they still there's those connections. I can't imagine how many connections were built through, yeah. through the circle of hope. And and as you named earlier, um, we do have a, a, a support center, a, a cancer support center, Well Spring Chinkuzi. Right. Cancer support um, here in, in, Bram- sure. in Brampton and and uh, on Inspiration Drive. You know what a great name for the That's where right. that is. And we had them, and they were part of. Yeah, I forgot to mention. We used to have all the organizations like we that we could think of. We had Canadian Cancer Society there with a table there. We had Look Good Feel Better there. Yeah. We had the prostate cancer there. We tried to get as many different types of cancers. It wasn't a thyroid cancer yeah um, event. It was any kind of cancer. So, you know, and we had organizations there so people could go to a table and get more more information to help themselves. We mm-hmm. want to help organizations as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you mentioned mm-hmm. that. And, uh, and, well, and Wellspring is such a good organization. They have so many programs that people don't yeah. even know about. Yeah, yeah. No. Cooking classes, exercise classes, yoga. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just would strongly recommend for those who are listening or watching 
today to to check out Wellspring Chinkusi Support Center. Amazing yeah. blessing in in our city of Brampton, and certainly serving the community beyond Brampton as, as well. Nelly, I, I love the way God has wired you, your energy, your desire to help people, and even taking something as 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 challenging as you experienced through that cancer journey and blessing so many people through it. Um, there's a Christian um, um, reality around resurrection that God can take um, really the worst that life can throw at us and and bring redemption. And and I just feel like through your challenging days, God has has worked through you to. To bring redemption, to bring hope to so many people. Um, you are such a blessing, my friend. How have you been changed by God through this whole experience? I feel so blessed that I'm still here. I'm here to help others. Um, I'm alive. Mm-hmm. And I don't take that for granted that every day I'm here and I and I witness my my girls. When I look at my girls and I see them graduate or their graduation any milestone they have when they were three years old and 18 months i didn't know if i was going to make it another 10 more years and the fact that my youngest daughter actually has um has a little boy now and he's my my little grandson he's 15 months old these are milestones that i have and i think in my heart i'm so happy i could see this and i just feel that i'm i that god gave me a second chance and i want to make it that's my purpose i guess help others and Mm. i just want to feel that um i feel that i'm worthy i I feel i i feel bad for people who haven't as lucky or as fortunate as me and i just hope that i'm worthy enough to continue doing good work Mm. that's my thing when i walk outside and i hear the birds singing like Mm. outside it's things like that we don't take for granted. Mm. People sometimes, like your life can just switch overnight. And when you, you when you actually, like, when you pause and, and take deep breaths and hear what's around you, mm. it's a different, your eyes are just become more open, I guess. So just the sounds or the wind touching your face or walking. I always think that, uh, that I'm healthy. When I park my car far away in a parking lot, I think I have I'm healthy, my legs are good, and I can walk far mm. away and let people who can't walk, you know, like take a parking spots closer. Mm. Just little things like that, I become aware. Mm. So, and that sometimes people don't, are not aware of the, yeah. of the little things that they have that they don't even appreciate mm. until it's taken away from you or you have a big, big scare in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's beautiful. You know, whether, whether someone has gone through a cancer journey or not to, to take those yeah. lessons that you're offering us today, that to appreciate our life, to appreciate everything that we have, to know that um, we're here to, to bless others. And we can do it in very simple ways every single day, as well as big ways, like offering a major event, like the circle of hope. I can't wait to see what God's got next for you, Nelly, because I have no doubt that uh, there's uh, some awesome plans in, in the future and just love the way you're living every day. Little little good news rapid fire here as we close, if we could, little good news rapid fire. What's the best thing going on in your in your home these days? Um, my, my grandson, I'm actually um, gonna babysit for him after this. <laughs> Nice. Um, he's, he keeps me on my toes. He's like nonstop. And he's just um, a miracle in our life because when my daughter was sick, um, he's given her joy. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm just so blessed to have him in our life and to see my family happy and healthy. That, that's just, I'm just so grateful for that. Mm-hmm. And see my daughter uh, succeed. Um, she's doing her master's. And I visit her in Ottawa once a month. And I try to make it, I try to make our visits like quality time, just give mm-hmm. her a break and be with her. I just appreciate every single moment I have with my family. Mm-hmm. Even if it's my husband going for a walk with him. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to make, the last two years have been very difficult, as you know, trying to keep everybody safe and we're trying to make the best of it. And so yeah. we try to do our walks and try to keep everybody safe. And For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. What's the best thing going on in your neighborhood, in your community? <laughs> um, so during uh, last year, I actually started um, a group on my Facebook, a private group with a few friends um, to get us motivated out of the house. So we had to take initiative and post 30 minutes of walking or exercising and it was supposed to be a hundred days, but it became a whole year wow. and we've, con- we've continued it. And it was actually good because it, it helps us mentally and physically to be, you know, like active. And now uh, three of the girls in the group have challenged me. Uh, we're doing a 10 K, a 10 K walk run. I can't say run completely. So I'll say it's a walk run at the end of April. So that's kind of, you feel you feel the community together like, yeah. by doing this together by just being active on social media, just yeah. a private little group. And I encourage anybody to do that. Just yeah. it's something so easy. Just yeah. get a few friends, start a group. If you if you don't feel motivated to go for a walk, you can put your mask outside on, feel safe. You can do social distancing, but it really does a such good for your your mind just to yeah. get outside fresh air. Yeah. Spring is coming. So anybody can do the same thing I did. Just challenge someone, be part of your group and get out there and get some fresh air. That's great. I love it. I love it. Last one for today. What's the best thing going on from your perspective in our world today? I've been really noticing how so many prayers are going out Mm. that people are just as much as so much bad has been happening. You see people coming to God and everyone's asking for prayers, prayers for the Ukrainians, but the war not to happen and people are, are praying more and more and more. I find that people are coming more together. I think, I, mm-hmm. I think God is getting us closer, even though people don't think it's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel it. I feel I'm hearing more prayer. I'm, I'm hearing God's name being used more where sometimes people were, were shy away from it, where mm-hmm. people now are not afraid to say, God help us. Help mm. this world. We need you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, Nelly. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a, a lead-in for us to pray here to close off this conversation. But uh, want to say thank you again so much for being a part of the Good News Podcast today. Just love you so much, and love, love what you and God bring to this world every day. You guys, you and God make a great team. <laughs> thank you for so much for being part of my friend and being part of my life. You're such a good, good friend. You never give up on me. Never. Mm, for sure. For sure. Oh, thanks. Nelly. Let's, let's pray if we could before we close. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, just echo Nellie's last response that, that you are drawing us in a way through this um, pandemic to be more open to you and to each other than ever before. We pray for that to continue to happen, remove division and, and, Help us to be united together as a human race. We, we need to be now more than ever before. We pray for the people in Ukraine um, that you would give them peace and safety and for a, a quick resolution to all that's happening there. And just 
bless Nellie, her family. May everyone who watches and listens to this be inspired by her story, that you can work through anything in our lives to bring hope, not only to us, but to use us to bring that hope to others. So for all of that, we give you thanks and praise and can't wait to see what you got next in store for Nellie, for her life. We know that you've got some great plans for her. Bless her all along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Oh, thanks again, Nellie, so much for today. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Uh, Love you too. Love you too. Friends, love you as well. And thanks for being a part of the Good News Podcast family. I would encourage you, if you've been inspired by this story today, to maybe share this podcast with someone you know who could who could be blessed by this conversation, this story. Maybe maybe it's someone who has cancer, someone who has a family member who has cancer, who's been through it in the past, or maybe it's happening right now. Um, but yeah, just encourage you to share this with others. Thanks again, Nellie and uh, friends. God bless you and hope to see you again soon. Well, everyone, I told you that you'd love Nellie. Isn't she just a beautiful person? inside and out without question and such an inspiration i love the way that she just has this huge hunger to help others to bless other people and as she went through her cancer journey she just couldn't help herself it's how god wired her it's so cool to me i love the way the circle of hope just started so small and grew to something so big and it just happened organically naturally as nelly let it happen and really listened for god's lead and did her best to follow along incredible stuff oh my goodness brought me to tears in a a really powerful way, talking about Alvin Kelly, a good friend to many of ours, a doctor giving his patient a line that she would remember for the rest of her life, where there's faith, there is no fear, and how that really guided and strengthened Nellie through her whole journey, but also brought on on all these other things like the circle of hope. So honor and, and, and gratitude for a beautiful person named Dr. Alvin Kelly, who we also remember in this episode. Friends, thanks again so much for being part of the Good News Podcast family. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Good News with Jamie Holtham. And next week, you're not going to want to miss it. We have an incredible conversation with a guy named Rob Dalgleish, who is working with the United Church of Canada, bringing resurrection to the church in new ways. And he's got all kinds of stories that I think you'll love and be inspired by. Can't wait to see you then. Friends, God bless you. Till next time.